Um, hey, uh, as, as you guys are, uh, I just got to tell you, I'm, as I'm arranging all of these, by the way, Ethan, I'm just arranging all of these special musical notes in a way that you'll find them handy for next service. Um, but hey, I, I'm so glad you're here. I have to tell you, I am, I'm so excited about today. This is, um, when we talk about what our church is all about, what we're, what, you know, even as we're in our series about, um, called Christian, this is some, this weekend is like, I mean, I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am. This is one of my favorite weekends we have as a church. If you've never been with us for an outreach weekend, um, this is going to be something you're at least going to be interested. You, you might be, um, or at least be intrigued. You might be a little bit offended, uh, perhaps, but I doubt it. I think most of the time you're going to be pretty intrigued by what's going on and pretty excited. <coughs> um, it is great to be with you. Um, and like I said already, we're, we're in the middle of a series, or second week of our series, called Christian. And we know that people are are very interested, even kind of have an affinity for Jesus, but that when they look at people who are connected to Jesus, most people would say, I'm not so sure about them. But they like Jesus, but they're just kind of thrown off by the whole notion of what it means to be a Christian. And so we're trying to unpack, those of us who grew up in the church, we probably acquired a a bunch of labels and stuff, misconceptions about what it means to follow Jesus uh, throughout the course of our life. And others of us who are on the outside looking in, maybe you were brought by a friend today, looking at what does it mean to be someone who calls himself a Christian, Well, my guess is there's also some confusion for you as well, and we're just, I'm so excited to be able to straighten out some of that stuff. Um, So I I got, this is, this is going to be a great weekend. Well, why don't we do this? Because I I need to calm down a little bit, uh, and I need us to focus and all that kind of stuff, which when I say us, I mean the royal we, meaning me. So um, why don't we, uh, why don't we, why don't we, um, why don't we pray? And let's, let's invite God to, to sort of do something in us today. Father, we are excited that you have called us to gather here. We are honored that you would hear us in our prayer that you know each and every one of us, and that, Father, you, um, that you hear us, uh, all of our words. And so, Father, as, uh, as we look to today, God, would you help us in some way or another make real who you are um, to our world? That for those of us who are investigating who you are, would you become real in a, in a more profound way, perhaps, uh, to us today? For those of us who have been walking with you for a very long time, God, would you help us to take a next step, a courageous step in our own relationship with you and in our own determination to see the world made different? And Father, would you, as just kind of as our custom, would you speak to us in a moment of just quiet? God, we ask that you would use your own words, spirit to spirit, speak to us that we might recognize your presence here and that you might begin to work in our hearts, Father. So we give you a moment just of quiet and stillness. Jesus, submit everything else that happens today. First and foremost, would your powerful, penetrating, deep, inspiring, hopeful love be made known to us? God, would that be our story first and foremost, that we're loved by you, and that that would give us the freedom and the joy of being able to love other people? So, Lord, we pray all of these things. In your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, well, um, I, we have a lot to get through. I'm really excited about all of it. So I'm going to go fast, faster than usual. I got, we got other people telling you about what's going on today. It's going to be awesome. Um, uh, I realized this week, I have a routine. Uh, I, I realized I'm a person who is full of routines. Um, and I, I, meaning I have like, 
there are just certain things that I realized I've acquired over the course of my life that are, no one told me to do this, just what I do. Like I realized I, I apply, <laughs> this is sort of ridiculous, I apply deodorant uh, for 10 seconds. In other words, not the spray, the like, like, so I, not 10 swipes, but just 10, one, two, three, four. I realize I'm counting to 10, not counting the number. I could be doing 30, you know, just if I'm, re- whatever. But I realized in my own life, for whatever reason, I just count to 10 to do that. I also realized, for no, no one ever instructed me on how to do this. I realized that when I'm filling up a water cup at our refrigerator, I generally count to 10 also. As if that's the scientific method for, like, measuring the right amount of, I just realized I count to 10. Now that sounds more like OCD than routine, I realize, but it is what I do. I was watching my, uh, my, my daughter who turns seven this month is um, her lifelong dream. She has like a threefold lifelong dream. Uh, and the first one of the, the first part of that lifelong dream is to become a cheerleader. She's, you know, not even seven, but she's, this, this is her biggest dream of her life. And then she wants to be a doctor and then a nail person. I mean, we are, and I'm way to go, you know, like, I don't know, that's the order of things she wants to do this in, in her life. But for her, um, for our school talent show, for her school talent show, she, she got together with a couple of other girls from the school and got some coaches, sixth graders, uh, who would tell them how to develop a routine. So they had this music and they taught them all the moves and my daughter standing in our room, you know, doing the, in our house and jumping and kicks and whatever, does all this stuff. And, I, you know, I'm like, Molly, you know, so I'm asking her about all this stuff. And um, turns out, I go, you know, and they have to do those, the, like, the facial expressions, you know, like some of the cheerleaders here know what I'm talking about, where it's just so ridiculous, like, over-the-top facial expressions. And I'm like, Molly, don't you have to do those too? And she's like, yes, there are five. There's, there's five expressions? I go, give me some of them. So she's like, okay. She goes, so she does her thing. That was one. Just like the pouty lips. That's one of them. I'm like, oh, okay. And, you know, I'm trying to like be serious. Oh, that's, that's really good. I mean, that is. And then there's one that's just like the giant, whole, like, holy smokes, shock, surprise one. Or they just do like that, you know? So she's got that going. And then she has this other one. And I'm like, I'm like, Molly, never, ever do that again. So she has this other one where it's like, this is, this is the last one where I was like, don't do this. She's like, this is another one too. And I was like, no, that's not one of them. I don't, I don't know anything about cheerleading. That's not one of them. She's like, yes, it is, Dad. You don't know. And I'm like. You're right, I don't know. Just never do that again. Um, now, here's the idea behind this dance routine that she learned. That she would practice it so much that upon hearing certain musical cues, without even thinking, she'd be able to know the next move. So, you know, there's these musical cues she's hearing in the song, and she would know to do certain things with her hands or her legs or whatever else she's supposed to do, or a cartwheel or whatever, that without even thinking, that there is a particular way in which she's supposed to respond based on how the music is going. Now, all of us in our own lives have a particular way in which we do everything. In other words, there are certain stimuli that we encounter in our lives that necessitate that we act a certain way. So whether we encounter traffic, we encounter someone who frustrates us, we encounter fear, excitement, or joy, whatever it is, there's a way in which we go, this is how I have programmed myself to respond. It is our way. Last week, as we talked, we said that there was, the word Christian is only used three times in the Bible. And that while Jesus invited people to, to follow, he, well, he invited people to follow him, that was sort of the active verb there, to become something called a disciple. And so it's, this is how the Christians were referred to, as not, not Christians, but as disciples. And there's one other way in which they were known in the Bible. And it's a term that the Christians actually occasionally called themselves. It was the term followers of 
the way. Not specifically about, they just said the way. It wasn't like there was a specific thing. But because they lived such peculiar lives, all people had to say was, yeah, I'm a follower of the way. That this way was so widely, it was so different than the way everybody else lived. And it was so clearly, you know, unique that people just said, I'm a follower of the way. The Apostle Paul's on trial in Acts 24. And he's, you know, getting in trouble with the, the Jewish authority. And here's his answer. Just check this out. This is Acts 24. However, this is Paul speaking. I admit that I worship the God of our ancestors as a follower of the way, which they call a sect. I believe everything that is in accordance with the law and that's written in the prophets. You see, Paul going, I belong to that group of people who live different than everybody else, the followers of the way. I'm a follower of the way. They had a routine, a way of being that set them apart as different than everybody else. And the question sort of is, what is their routine? What actually is their thing that makes them look so different than everybody else? I want you to check out Acts chapter 4. It says this. All the believers were one in heart and mind. This is backing up, obviously, a bunch of chapters in the book of Acts. But you have the believers here, or the disciples, who have a, this unique picture of unity here. There's this, um, they just, Peter and John have been arrested. They're praying for them. Uh, and there's this prayer for more boldness in their pro- proclamation of all of who Jesus is. And there is this unity picture of the early church. Everybody bound together. They're of one heart and of one mind. Continue reading. All the believers were one heart and of one mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. In other words, the marker of the unity of the people who belonged to Jesus was that they shared everything that they had. In other words, there's a connection between unity and this kind of sharing. Verse 33. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Stop. What I want you to do is this. If you have a pen... If you have a mascara stick or whatever it is, I want you to get it out. And I want you to circle the next word that I read in that verse, okay? Underline it, circle it if you got your Bible and you're okay marking it up. If you got a digital Bible and you can swipe a hand, you know, whatever digital highlight on there, I want you to highlight this word. God's grace is so powerfully at work in them all. Beginning of verse 34, circle the word that. There were no needy persons among them. God's grace... So evident in their lives, so evident in this community of people who are bound together around Jesus, that the outcome of which was that no one was in need. God's grace so powerfully among them that there was no needy persons. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Now this isn't, I should say, this isn't like a case for communism. No one told them, hey everybody, everybody should have the same amount of stuff. There's no compulsion here. These people are so overwhelmed by the grace of God that they say, there's no way we can have people in our midst who don't have what they need. We'll just make sure, because you know, God's been so good to us. We just can't tolerate that people would be without stuff that need it. So we'll sell things. This is their way. The early church, the people who walk with Jesus, 
were known as this being their way. They had a way that marked them, and it was this bizarre sharing and generosity for people who were in need. The Roman government, or, well, the Romans had a term for this kind of generosity. And I don't, you might even not even sound like generosity after I explain it totally. But this is, it was named after the Roman goddess of generosity, Liberalitas. And what would happen in Liberalitas, the, the image of this goddess is on all the coins on one side of them. On the other side of the coins is, you know, Caesar's face. And it was not uncommon for Caesar to parade around in the cities and just start tossing out coins, Liberalitas. So that the people would then, in turn, pledge their loyalty back to him. To take the money from Caesar, to use it however you wish, indicated a kind of loyalty back to him. It wasn't uncommon for Caesar also to generously give to his own generals that they might not overthrow him. The implication here is that you owe whoever gives to you this money. It doesn't really sound like generosity, but yet this is how generosity is defined. Only the Christians, with their peculiar way, with their bizarre manner of living, had a different word for generosity. It was the word caritas. It's where we get the word charity. It's this, it's this word which means it's a kind of generosity in which people would give without any expectation of a return. They gave to people who never could have any possibility of ever returning the favor. This is how Jesus talked about the kind of generosity he wanted his followers to have. And they were known by this. In fact, it was their generosity which was prioritized over their theology. You guys will be marked not by just specifically what you believe, but the outcome of which has to be this kind of bizarre, peculiar, crazy kind of lending and giving called caritas, charity. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 6. If you, Luke chapter 6, verse 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good, to, do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend without expecting to get anything back. That's our routine. This is how people who belong to Jesus live. See a need, respond with generosity. And we would look around us and go, there's people who are in need. And we don't think to themselves, are, this, is this, are they going to be able to repay me someday? Is this going to come back to me in some wonderful way? There's no guarantee of that. We just see need and we respond. There's a story of a guy in the, the fourth century in, under the greater, greater Roman Empire. He grew up in, um, in Thebes, a major city in Egypt. This guy's an educated guy, and um, uh, there's a time, this is under Constantine's rule actually, but there's a time in which there's a forced conscription of young men. So he's drafted into the Roman army, and meanwhile, and by the way, the draft is as difficult and as scary as that might be, it's way more scary back in the 4th century. Because these conscripted people were thrown in prison. They weren't just told, hey, you have to go here. They were thrown in prison to to prevent any kind of desertion. So these people living in, these, this guy's uh, conscripted, lives into the, gets drafted into the army and is put in prison. Meanwhile, there's a famine that breaks out across the land. 
this guy's name is Pacomius. Pacomius is in this prison. And the famine breaks out, and the prisoners are starving, because clearly they're the lowest priority. And the guards that guard them are starving as well. And there are these strangers that begin coming out of the woodwork who are serving the prisoners, these people who do not belong to Jesus, who don't follow Jesus, who are sneaking food into the bars of the prison and giving food to the guards. Pacomius is curious about these people. There's the only reason they live. Who are these strangers who would give to us knowing there was no way we could ever repay them? Finds out this is a group of people, this sect of people, who were the followers of the way, the Christians. Pacomius goes on to become an early Christian father, one of the desert fathers. He, he was, had a, a following of people in the 4th century. But this is the way Christians are. This is just the way that people were. This is our way. Christians giving to prisoners and to soldiers who could never repay them. I heard a story about this community. It's a great story this week. Just kind of in passing. It wasn't like this was big buildup. I have to tell you about this. I was just like, tell me about, you know, just, it just came up in conversation. This couple is telling me about the story where they, um, their life group, they figured out there was a person um, in their neighborhood who's a mom who um, needed to have some landscaping done in their backyard. So she went away for a weekend, and they illegally entered her house. Uh, and the life group, who had some skilled guys and stuff, could, and women, they, they, they totally leveled the entire backyard, patio tape, like patioed it all out and put plants in there and everything else like that. And when she came home, they had like an extreme makeover Mission Viejo edition. You know, like, oh my gosh, there's my whole backyard. Without any expectation of return, woman says, what, do you, what are you guys all about? I want to know more about what you, she's not part of our church community. Because this is just who we are. There's a hundred stories like that in this room. My guess is I could go through and ask some of you if you've heard stories like this, and you would say, oh yeah, this is just our way. It's how we do stuff around here. You just, you know them. You're already thinking of other examples in your own head. Some of them you've already been a part of, because this is our way. It's just our way. It's just how we do stuff. We see people in need, and we just respond. It's just our way. We don't expect anything in return. It's just what we do here. But love your enemies. Do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. You'll be children of the Most High. In other words, our action, which says people are in need, the generosity that flows out of us, identifies us characteristically as people who belong to God. We look like people who are his own kids. That's just how we are. We just, and we just see a need and we respond. And then you have this really bizarre other part of the end of this verse 35, which is because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. That's us. God gives to us something that we could never repay to him. That we would never be able to say, I just plan on repaying this to you, God. And so he says, Jesus says, we ought to love similarly. We give to people who could never repay us back. This is crazy stuff, I know. This is not smart business, probably. This is not check the credit references. This is not do this thing and make sure everything. No, 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 don't do background checks. We just give to people who are in need. Now, some of you are wondering how we're going to do this, how we're a part of this. Some of you have been a part of our outreach weekends before in the past. We've talked about some different ways to get involved. We're kind of doing something a little different than, than in past years. For the first time, we're doing this. 
We're going to come alongside 50 organizations that are local and global that may not necessarily be connected to Mariner's Church at all. In fact, what we decided this year is we said, we're going to take people's offerings, and what we're going to do is we're going to say, we're not going to take a cent of it to fund our ministries. We're going to send all of it out to these ministry partners we've seen out in the community. And here's what we're going to do. What we've decided to say is, we're not going to become competitors with people that are already doing a great job in the community. We're going to become partners with them. Some of these these partners need to be blessed financially. Some of them need to have volunteers being supplied to them. But we're not going to reinvent what's already going on in the community to call it ours. What we're saying is, there's already great stuff going on to help people who are in need. How does a church like Mariner's Mission Viejo and all of Mariner's Church, all four campuses say... We can make a serious dent in some of the need in our community and across the globe. So we have a saying we always say at Mariner's Church, which is we are blessed to be a blessing. And we want to come along. We literally want to walk in the door of some of these organizations and go, we talked to you. We heard there was a need and we want to give you this giant check. What do you want from us? Nothing. We just want to bless you. We believe so strongly in this. That we think that we think this could we we actually think this could revolutionize the entire we, the entire county. We got four campuses of Mariner's Church. Let me give you an example. There's, you're going to hear more about these in a little bit. Let me just give you an example. There are three food pantries in this area that are running at about forty percent capacity. We're going to we're going to stuff those food pantries. We talked to a, um, a, an assisted living home in the area and said, "Hey, we want to help the elderly. What? How much money do you guys need? We want to just bless you." And they said, "We don't want money. We just want people to be around us." We can do that. We have a relationship, as many of you know, with the, the Marine Battalion, the 3-5 the Marine Battalion down here at Camp Pendleton. And we're going to give those guys who are coming back home very soon a gigantic homecoming. We can do that. There's, uh, we have a, you're going to hear a little about this in a little bit. We have a ministry partner in, in Uganda. And their intention is to say there are too many kids who have lost parents to AIDS and HIV, who are raising their own brothers and sisters. And what if we were to take these kids and put them in houses next to a school such that they can get supervision for these kids and they can get an education. We can give them hope. That's the kind of stuff that we're about. That's the kind of stuff we want to come alongside and say, this stuff is so great that we can't just say, let's build another thing and do it separately. We're just going to bless you. All of, the, all of what we take in over, these next, uh, over this, this weekend from all of our four campuses, does not go to fund Mariner's Ministries. It goes direct. We just, you're giving through and out. That's it. This is to fund God's work in the kingdom that we're already seeing happening. I want to give you just, uh, as uh, in a moment, you're going to hear from Barb from Outreach. But I want to give you a sense, just really quickly, at least of one story in a little bit more detail. Some of you are aware of it. uh, What's going on uh, with our ministry partner in Rojo Gomez in Mexico. So check this out, and then we'll bring Barb up. We also saw sadness, we saw desperation, we saw kids growing by themselves, no parents around, because they're all working, but not necessarily making enough money to make a good living, just to survive. We saw a place that needed love. My dad just said, one day we're going to plant the church here, in this empty lot, and everyone just didn't, didn't believe. 
we started working on an empty lot in Rojo Gomez, spreading just love, giving away clothing, shoes, food, and people started feeling that they had something going on there. So now we, we are providing the community with love and hope. We started to, to see a really a change in the community. the kids develop more we have less dropouts we have better efficiency on the kids they're doing better on their tests and they're doing better at school just because of their having a meal every morning working alongside with Marner's church and Lo Mejor del Trio this past seven years has bring a big blessing to Rojo Gomez first the church then the scholarships then breakfast program community center sports park now the community has been developing as this partnership has developed. And we're really blessed to see kids staying in school, mothers coming and saying, this church is providing a meal to my kid, and I want to be a part of this church because this church is now taking care of this community. Hi guys, good morning. My name is Barbara and I am part of our outreach team here and I love that video. Um, I just love the story. I love the story because we've all been a part of it in some way, shape or form and many of you have just uh, generously given your time and your talents and your treasures to go down and together with Pastor Danny we've been able to transform that community and this weekend is all about that. It's all about just unleashing all of us to, to be world changers and to allow the Holy Spirit just to work mightily in us um, with our global partners and all of our churches around Orange County so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by ours, we can go out and be uh, fearless world changers. And it's like, what does it mean to be a fearless 
church that's changing the world. And um, as Jeff was talking about, yes, we're partnering with these 50 organizations um, around the county and around the world. Um, but beyond that, we have some big, hairy, audacious goals. And uh, we all need to jump in and play. We hope to, re to raise $500,000 uh, this weekend to support a long, long list of projects that we have vetted out um, with these organizations. We've gone before you. We, these are organizations that we've been working with for years. And we have just know that they are just hitting out of the ballpark with what they are doing. So we want to unleash 15,000 man hours towards these projects. And we want to unleash an avalanche of generosity of $500,000 uh, locally and around the world. And we want to raise 50 tons of food um, that are going to stock these pantries. And those are the goals. And it's going to take all of us in, all of us just um, being super generous and fearlessly generous with our time and our talents and our treasures. And this is what this weekend is about. Um, at the end of the service, you're going to have a chance to take this card that's in your bulletin and fill this out. And out on the patio, you're going to get everything that you need to find out how you can play a part in helping us achieve those goals. But be first, first, before we get too far, I wanted to share a couple of stories about people right here in our own community who are making fearless choices and making an impact in our community. One is a young newlywed couple who signed up to be a safe family. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the ministry Safe Families, it allows um, families in crisis um, for the parents to have a break and take the kids, we take the kids into our homes and the parents are allowed to get back on their feet so that hopefully there's a reunification and it's kind of a stopgap to keep kids out of the foster care system ultimately. So here's this newlywed couple. They haven't even married six months and their first hosting is with little Sammy who's 10 years old. And Sammy's mom, Melissa, she battles mental illness and addiction and just some other poor life choices as a result of that. And it left her feeling like she just couldn't care for Sammy and her two sisters. In fact, she was considering putting them up for adoption. So here this young couple is loving on Sammy, doing the best they can by the power of the Holy Spirit to answer Sammy's questions. And you can imagine what they would be. Questions like, why is my mom considering giving me up for adoption? Am I ever going to see my dad who abandoned me ever again? Am I, am I going to be forever separated from my sisters? And here they so fearlessly stepped in to um, tangibly love on Sammy. And I'm confident that they forever changed the trajectory of her life through that. And then you ask, well, how can this couple just be so courageous to do this? And, it, and I, I asked the husband, and, and, um, and he said, you know, uh, I grew up in a home very similar to um, what Melissa, Melissa's home is, and so it's familiar to me. I had parents who, you know, um, wrestled with drugs and alcohol, were in and out of jail, and in fact, um, one of my siblings was adopted out. Uh, and his wife, you think, well, what about her? And she, I asked her, and she um, responded something along the lines of, you know, society general, generalizes that those that grew up like my husband don't have a chance that there's not going to be redemption for them. And I've seen with my very own eyes redemption and restoration and unification, and I want to provide that for kids. I want to see that same thing for them. Isn't that beautiful? So beautiful. 
and they are courageously stepping in to lead our efforts here at Mission Viejo, along with some other couples to lead us so that we can all be a part of that journey. And that, this couple is our very own Sean and Bailey May. I don't know if you guys are here somewhere. Where are you guys? Are you here? Over there? So yeah, Bailey's in our children's ministry. Sean volunteers with uh, junior high and probably as part of our staff anyway. <laughs> so another, another story I wanted to tell you is about our associate elders, Don and Elaine Herr. They, uh, you know, with grown kids and grandkids, felt called by God to Uganda. And there they met this beautiful couple, Alex and Millie, who uh, Alex and Millie had moved from this big city of Kampala, and they planted a church in a little town called Bombo. Now, Uganda has one of the highest rates of AIDS, HIV AIDS, in all of the world. And this little town of Bombo has one of the highest rates of HIV AIDS in all of Uganda. And here, this couple, Alex and Millie, courageously, fearlessly move into this community and start doing something that's actually not typical culturally for the church there in Uganda. And they start um, serving and loving uh, widows and orphans and those affected and infected with HIV AIDS. And they are uh, just amazing heroes of the faith before that. And they, um, Alex and Millie's mission is to break the stigma for those infected with HIV so that they would know that having HIV was not a sin and for them to, them to recognize their value and their worth in Jesus' eyes. And the cool thing is, I mean, there's many cool things, but um, Alex and Millie, uh, after meeting Alex and Millie, Don and Elaine were so inspired that they faithfully uh, followed God's calling to align their life goals to God's. And so hearing God's voice, they did some pretty courageous, fearlessly generous things. Like they sold, like they changed their whole future for their retirement. They sold retirement property in Hawaii. They sold a boat. And they decided that they were going to come alongside all that God was already doing through Alex and Millie. I mean, Alex and Millie were going to be doing this, whether Don and Elaine came along or not, because they were called. But together, they could go farther and faster than they could apart. And the great thing is, is um, today... This nursery school that, that Alex and Millie started back in 2007 with six children has grown to three schools serving almost 1,000 kids, and they're launching their first high school this year. Mm -hmm. And together, they have a vision of raising, raising up a godly generation, and by God's grace, they are fearlessly doing it. And for those that you don't know, I am excited to tell you that Alex and Millie and Bombo Church are now officially our partners here at Mariner's Mission Viejo, and they've traveled all the way from Uganda to be with us this month, and they are here in our services right over here. So welcome, Alex and Millie. Ojera. They're going to be on the patio after services. Please get to know them. You will be so blessed. And you can buy some of this jewelry that I am showing off up here. And that helps support their ministry efforts. So go meet them on the patio. So I share all these stories with you to just hopefully inspire courage in you. Because I'm inviting you to be fearless with your time and talents and treasures. And we want to be the church in the world. And we want to fearlessly change the world. But you know, religion can't do this. Even a successful organization can't do it, but follow, as followers of Jesus, we can do this. As followers of Jesus, we speak hope into broken education systems. We speak opportunity to homeless youth and women and children and families. We speak deeper respect and justice, not only 
for our friends across the borders, but also the stranger that now lives next door to us. As followers of Jesus, we get the opportunity to make the church beautiful again. As followers of Jesus, we get to be known by our generosity instead of our theology. And the way we get to start this together is by tackling the God all has put, all that God has put before us right now with our 50 projects and all the goals that we talked about. And I, I, there's a lot that I want to introduce you to, but I don't have time. So I just need to give you like a snapshot of the projects that we, of the organizations and the projects that we have. So I'm going to run through this really fast because I'm probably short on time like I was last night. So, okay, go. Let's go. We got some slides. Okay, so our community partnerships that we, um, that we have, again, just a snapshot. We hope to provide 2,000 at-risk youth in Orange County with summer programs. So we have four partners that we are working with to keep kids off the streets, that they'll stay in school, academic enrichment programs. And a big thing is we're going to be launching camps here at Mariners Mission Viejo. We're doing it at all the campus, but it's the first time here at MV. So we need a lot of you to sign up to be camp counselors for foster kid and at-risk youth over the summer. We want to renovate a state-run foster youth home and local homeless shelter. These are older facilities in complete disrepair, and we are not okay with that. These are unacceptable living conditions, and we want to go in, and we want to make the necessary repairs and upgrades. Uh, we hope to serve the homeless 6,000 meals at three locations throughout the summer. Uh, many of you know we partner with Orange County Rescue Mission and the, Ch the Chili Van in Orange County. This will allow us to do multiple locations, additional locations uh, around the county. We hope to train the next generation of inner city leaders to impact their communities. There's a shortage of leaders emerging from these communities because they don't have access nor the resources to get this type of training. So we want to provide that. Uh, we hope to equip battered women and children for, uh, for successful independent living. There's a, uh, local homes that work with these women. Um, one of them has one of the greatest needs is a vegetable garden because it's sustainable, it produces healthy food, and it's really therapeutic. It's part of the healing process for these women. Okay, global partnerships. Again, snapshot of local. We'll go to global for a snapshot. Um, we have to provide over 100 orphans in Haiti and Uganda with a home. As a result of the earthquake, uh, our partner in Haiti has been caring for 52 orphans, and we want to help fund a quality home for them. And as, we, as Jeff talked about with Alex and Millie, uh, the child-headed homes, uh, Alex and Millie have a vision to create uh, homes that are going um, that are, that are to be just family units for these kids to provide someone that's going to be in the home and care for them, and they will become a family. So we hope to fund their next home of, of that fashion. Uh, we hope to complete the community center in Mexico with our church partners, you saw in the video. And again, it's not, it's not about the building, it's what happens inside the building. It's really a beacon of hope in the community down there. And the cool thing is, is Pastor Danny has a network of churches. So here at MV, we're partnering with one of their churches in an area called Praderas. We actually helped build part of their church last year. Um, but we, we want to come alongside them, and we would love to go down on May 11th and help build a children's classroom, because right now the Sunday school is meeting on a dirt area under a tarp, and we would like to provide them with a children's building. Uh, let's see. Send a container of wheelchairs with free, free wheelchair mission. If you don't know about this ministry, it's amazing. You've got to look at their website, but it's a gift of mobility for the disab disabled around the world. We'd love to create jobs in the largest slum of Africa, a beautiful, sustainable model that will create 150 jobs through microfinance. Uh, train locals to provide basic health care needs in the community. We partner with global churches and train lay people to care for preventable diseases that kill hundreds of thousands of people. <sighs> okay. <sighs> okay. That's a lot. I know. And it's like overwhelming and you might be asking, how on earth can we do this? And McGuire's going to tell you. Okay. Great job, okay. Barb. <laughs> Great stuff. Okay. Okay. I, I, Barb, I love that you said a couple different times, you said some of these things are just not okay with us.
that, you know, it's not our way to say, we're just okay with people living in sort of deplorable conditions or, you know, states of disrepair for foster kids. You know, the, the term unacceptable, you use that a little bit too. Just look, we look at the world and go, some things are just not okay. We can't just say everything that's going on in the world is just okay. And we have some, there's something about us, which it's incumbent upon us to say, we're going to take that seriously. I, I, many of you guys heard this story. There's, I'm so excited. There, some of you guys heard this story this week. This is one of the best. Uh, on the news, there was a, a woman who um, got a call. She won the Canadian lottery. Did you guys hear this story? Uh, she won the Canadian lottery. She got, you know, a phone call or whatever. Hey, you won $40,000. And she was like beside herself with joy. Oh, my gosh, this is so great. It's the greatest news ever. I can't believe how exciting this is. So she brings her daughter to go collect her check. And it wasn't $40,000 that she won. She won $40 million. Imagine the level, like you're already like, oh, my gosh, this is great, 40 grand. And then, oh, 40 million. So I, in my mind, I think there's a lot of us in here we go, gosh, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff we could do. There's, we've, you know, whether, whatever it might be, whatever our own circumstances, we go, I could do something about this, but I don't know if I could do it. Let me just tell you, we got four churches who are all saying, hearing these same exact goals going, what if we, we, it's not just that we have an opportunity, that's great, all of us to do something. It's that all of us across all of our campuses go, we can change the world. We're so serious about this that if all of us played, we just won the lottery. Not just 40,000, but 40 million. We just, we just went crazy up in here. You know what I mean? Now, here's the deal. I'm going to go through some stuff really, really quickly. Um, uh, look, look at this. Look what it says in 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. It says this. Pa- uh, Paul's writing to Timothy. He says this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides with everything for our enjoyment. Verse 18. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. Now, a lot of us read this, this verse and we go, you know what? Someday when I'm rich, I will totally be generous. Like, you know what? I'm, I mean, right now I'm not. But when I am, one day I will just be, I will be generous. I just know I will. Now, here's the thing. A couple things. First of all, statistically, the, the statistics are not in your favor. Wealth and generosity are inversely proportional. The more money you make, the less likely you are to be generous. Or you are likely to be generous, but at a much lower percentage. So if you make between fifty dollars and $90,000 a year, you're like a 7% generous person. I mean, like, you're pretty generous. When you cross the $100,000 threshold, you're like at about 4%. And once you hit $200,000, which is, you know, that you're clearly wealthy then, you're at about 2%. Now, the amounts are more, but the generosity actually decreases. This is across the board statistically. Secondly, not only are, are, do we think someday when we're wealthy, we'll be generous, but the other thing is this. I just want to just, just give you a sense of perspective. I would say 99% of us in this room have to come to grips with the reality that we're already wealthy. That if you were to total up, some of you saw me do this if you are with us in the last session of Rooted, if you were to total up the cost of all the things that you're wearing, just really just add them up. I mean, they don't have to be designer everything. But if you're wearing a watch, I'm wearing a Casio. Uh, but um, if you total up everything that you're wearing, more than likely, your, your, the total of all that that you're wearing, even if you shopped only at, you know, Old Navy and Gap and Walmart or whatever else, is more than the annual salary of a lot of the world. We know that most of the world lives on less than $2.50 a day. Sorry this is uncomfortable for you. You're already wealthy. Now, here's what I want to tell you. You have heard these stories. You have heard what's going on. You have heard that what we're doing at Mariners in this weekend is we are not taking any of this money for ourselves. 
We're not going to do any improvements on the building from this money. We're not going to take a staff vacation. You know, there's nothing, that's not, none of that's happening. All of this money is, giving, is being taken in and given directly out. Not a cent goes to us. And you're wondering, you heard the stories. We got, uh, we got you know, you already heard some of these projects. We have 50 of them. You can learn more about them on the website. But you've heard all about this stuff. And you're wondering, how am I going to do this? And I'm not kidding you when I give you this number in a second. This is going to crack you up. All of this can be yours for a one-time price. I'm not joking when I show you this number. We did the math. This is what it will take. You're going to crack up. For a one-time price, $39.95. You're like, he's kidding, right? No, I'm totally serious. All, if everyone in all of our campuses says, you know, we can play at the, 30, at the $40 level. That's $500,000 to do some of this work. That is, that is across all the, camp, all the campuses. Now, some of you are, are, are skeptics. You're like, you know, I'm not sure about Jesus yet. I'm not sure about all this stuff. Let me just tell you right now. You have to give also. <laughs> okay, and here's why. Because <laughs> you heard, just real briefly, you heard Barb mention about the free wheelchair mission. Like, none of you thinks, I don't care how much you're skeptical about Jesus, none of you thinks, you know, it's really good that people have to crawl on the ground instead of being able to be mobile. That's just one, that's good. It's their fault. I mean, none of you thinks that, right? None of you says, you know what would be really good for kids who lose their parents to HIV and AIDS is if they had to live without parents and raise their own brothers and sisters and not go to school. None, none of you say, I don't care what you think about Jesus or about Christians. None of you says, that's a really wonderful thing. We're going to give you the opportunity to be a part of something that is objectively good. That everybody in the world would go, that's gr- I'm so glad that you're doing that. I just want to give you a shot at feeling what it's like to be a part of something so awesome. We're a community that is, is serious about saying some things are just not acceptable and we can do something about it. And we receive nothing in return. We get nothing. We're giving without expecting anything in return. Now, here's what I want you to do. Um, my hair, why don't you come up here? Where are you? Come on up here. You saw my hair earlier. I'm going to show you what this looks like. You got this card, too. Um, take this out. Here's, here's what we're going to do in a second. We put the, the, our three-step process here of awesomeness. Here it is. Okay, here it is. This is what we're going to ask you to do today. Fill out this Be Fearless card. Give it to someone that looks like my hair. Though he is so handsome, there is no, he knows no parallel. Uh, and then three, swipe a card and give generously to make an impact in the world. Now, you could try to swipe this card. It won't really be that effective. You could try to swipe your old Blockbuster card, whatever. But here's what we're doing. We need you to swipe a credit card. We have this little setup right here. So I fill this out. I go to my hair. Yes, my hair. I'd like to give $39.95. Swipe. Don't forget to swipe. There we go. Perfect. Sign, please. That's, that's all I do? Yep. Okay, great. And that's there it. Go. I'm done. That was it. Did you see that? That's all it is. Okay, great. Now, look, some of you, you don't have to clap for, like, do you clap for my hair, but not for me. Okay, so yeah, good, Meyer. Now, here's the thing. Some of you can give a lot more. Some of you are like, $39.95, and you're not asking for this, like, monthly. This isn't like a subscription. I don't get a T-shirt and a water bottle, and, you know, there's no, like, what? No, no, you, this is a one-time thing. That's all we're asking. If you want to give more than that, that is up to you. Some of you have a lesser capacity than 40 bucks. You're like, I can't give, I can't give that much. I can volunteer. I can give less than that. But here's what we're doing. We're, what we're doing is we're just going to jumpstart. These are partners we already have, people we already know that are doing great stuff. We want to jumpstart their effort in the community and in the world. And we believe we can see the whole, I mean the whole county, but the whole world absolutely see a dent in some of the people in need. And we believe we can do it. And we believe the capacity is in this room and in all of our campuses. So here's what I want you to do. 
We give because we've been given so much. Here's what I want to do. I want the band to come on out. Where's our, where's our band? Why don't you guys just come out up, up here? Um, so, now, this is the time where you're, like, what you're all thinking is usually what I would do if you've been with us before. Here, why don't you guys come all the way up here. The band also looking. No, no, come all, all the way down here. Right here. Right in the front. In the front. They're also confused. Um, right in here. Right down here. Okay, the band looking super handsome. Yep, here they are. Okay, some of, this is the part of our service where typically we would say, close your eyes, the band will come out, we'll think about some stuff. Here's our band. Okay? Here's how we're going to respond. This will be our act of worship. Everybody stand up. Okay, now if you're with us, you usually what we do is this. We, t- we take this posture, receiving a benediction like this. Do this. Right here, just like this. Eve again, skeptics, try it. Okay? Just try it out. Here's what I want you to do. Put your hands out like this. I want you to receive God's blessing, and then we're going to go ahead and bless our community in the world. Okay? Here we go. You guys ready? Here comes the benediction. God bless you. Ready, set, go. Go change the world. Right out. Right, right out. Anybody you see wearing one of these things, head out to the patio. Go learn about what's going on. Head out. We will see you guys later. These guys right here are happy to help you be a part of what it looks like to be fearless.